Good evening, everyone. Good evening and welcome back. Welcome back to the Porsche School podcast. My name is Michael Bath and we have a returning VIP guest, a returning, <laughs> a returning visitor here today. Ajmal's joining me again. Hi, Ajmal. Hello, everyone. I don't know about VIP, though. Not VIP. Very important portion. No. It's VIPP. Sorry, I forgot. I meant to say VIPP. Very no. important. Very important Porsche person. Yeah, you've you know you've seen you've seen uh, photos of my Porsches. I don't think anyone would ever call me that. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's good to have you back. Um, last time you were on, I had a lot of good comments actually. A lot of good comments. Oh, good. People messaging me. I don't want Steve to get upset because I know Steve's listening. And he is coming back. Hello, Steve. <laughs> he's coming back. Um, but yeah, you know, there is there is a lot of support. There's a lot of support for Ajmal on the on the podcast. Um, it and might... we still love Steve. We still love Steve. Everybody does. You know, I know he shows me no love back, but I still love him. Maybe we need to do a a, a three zoom, a three zoom with Steve, Ooh, so we can bring the three table. of us together, a round table. And talk about Porsche. Maybe that's something the listeners would um, would enjoy. That would be. I really enjoy that. Yes, I think I'd enjoy it as well. I don't know if Steve would enjoy it, but I think, I think we'll all enjoy it. I'm not. I'm not sure he would yet, but I think I think you and I would. So you know, that's the important thing. Yeah, yeah. So let me just get into it. Let's start with the usual. Um, I was supposed to do an owner story actually last weekend. I was supposed to record two owner stories, and I had to cancel them. Which was really annoying because I had, and I know you're not you're not into the vaccine thing. I got that impression from last time, but I had the vaccine here only because it's available and it's free. And I had my second dose, um, Ajmal, um, last Thursday, and I've I've never oh. felt so ill afterwards. Like I felt so ill after the second dose. The first dose, and this is the Pfizer vaccine. The first dose, I was fine. The second dose, I seriously felt like I must have had COVID because I was like t- fatigued. All my body was aching. All I could do was sleep for like two and a half days, like it was terrible. So I, I wow. pre-warn people if they're having the vaccine that they say the second dose you have, the side effects are greater, uh, they're right. They are much, much, much higher than the first dose. What's the, what was the gap between the two? Uh, in Bahrain, they do 21 days. It's 21 days between the first dose oh. and the second dose. My wife has her second dose. We didn't actually have our doses together. She has hers. Um, the day before we fly to London, actually. So hopefully she's going to be okay because she doesn't have it until, yeah, the day we fly out. Or the day before we fly out. Wow. Yeah, so that's Yikes. not good. So it's all been a little bit yeah. crazy here. Uh, we've been packing up our things because we're moving out of our place here in Bahrain. So I'm sure some people saw the pictures on Instagram of me being stupid and, and posting photos of boxes. <laughs> I don't know why I would do that. I was delirious yesterday. Um, so that's done. Um, really, but a really good experience. Like we used Allied Pickfords here in Bahrain, and honestly, they were fantastic. They were really, really good. They pack everything up for you, and it was really efficient and really organised. It was actually quite good. Not that we had a lot of stuff here anyway, um, but you know, there was still <laughs> eighteen boxes of stuff. So it was a bit. Wow. Yeah, yeah, because it's. I think it gets to a stage, doesn't it, where you just think, I can't manage this myself. And it's if you pay a professional. That's what they are. That's what they do. And they they just come in and it's so slick. Yeah. And it makes it easier when it gets back to Australia because this was the stuff we're sending to Australia. Um, it, it It's easier because it's been professionally packed and, 
you know, Australia makes you show that you have an air ticket. You have to show that you have an air ticket going back into Australia so that they don't, they don't charge you, you know, tax and GST on your, you know, two-year-old, three-year-old goods that you're sending back home, your personal possessions. Um, so you have to prove mm. that. So we had to make sure we bought our ticket back to Australia before we could ship our stuff out of here. You know, it's just like, you know, wow. everything is like these steps, you know, that just frustrate you. Anyway, let's so get into Porsche. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Let's, get, let's get into Porsche. Let's not worry about my, my trials and tribulations. Um, <laughs> last week, James was here. Um, it was good to have James on from uh, Porsche Platz. Um, like I said, if you haven't checked out James' Instagram, check it out. And also look at his new company, RSR Classics. I noticed he's just, he sourced a 964 Carrera 2 for someone on his Instagram and that's sold. Um, James has got a really good little business starting there. So I think it's, um, it's really good. Um, I noticed on, the, on his Instagram, Ajmal, that him and Nick had met up in Melbourne. Nick, who was on Owner Stories, Ooh. Architect Driving, they actually met. Uh, there was an Instagram photo where they had actually said that they met. So that was really cool. I think I did see that. I think I, I did see that. Yeah. And I did, I did listen. Um, and yeah, I like the fact that he's, he's bought, um, it's an SC, isn't it? That he's got. Yeah. Um, yeah. I forgot. I forgot James had seven. He's had owned seven yes. SCs. So he, in my, in my mind, James is the SC expert. And I tell you what, the SC and the 912, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a choice there. There's a choice there. Would you buy an SC? Um, believe it or not, I before I bought my 912, at that same auction house that I bought it from, they had an SC, a 1980 Targa, and I put a bid on it, and I missed it by £1,000. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and it was right-hand drive. Oh, really? So, so it might have been a rust bucket, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. There's um, Mark, who was on a previous owner's stories uh, with the Cassis Red... Um, 3.2 yes he sent me mark sent me a one that's on collecting cars have you seen the one on collecting cars there's the cassis red targa on collecting cars for sale it looks pretty nice actually in that color and it's got the um per, the the uh tw not the tweed what is that fabric that's like the purpley color like the outside and it's the fabric seat that goes inside of it it's um it's oh like yes a, i mean yeah it's like full on it's, it's like double 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 yes it's very, um, it's very of a time, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a bit more out there, I guess. Oh, I was just going to say, it, it is very much of the, of the period. But at one point, people would look at it and go, well, that combination is awful. What were people thinking in the 80s or late 70s? Yeah. Um, but, I, but I think it's taking on, um, it's having a, a little bit of a resurgence where people are going, actually, the, the more out there it is, the more I like it. Yeah, I do like I do like some of those um, seat fabrics. I'm not really big on the tartan when Porsche did those tartan inserts. I know Magnus Walker always loves the tartan. I mean, I like the Pasha. I like the Pasha. I like mm. the I like the black fabric that just has the Porsche writing and it forms the lines. That one. I like that corduroy, the the old corduroy looking sort of fabric. I like the tweed, like Jack has in his sunburn yeah. lobster. That tweed fabric. I think that's really a nice fabric. They're definitely coming of age, so to speak. They're definitely becoming. You know, they're pretty cool. They look very cool now, that's for sure. Oh, I, th I think the the Targa, well, the S, sorry, the SC um, is very much having a moment, mostly because it's quickly becoming one of the more affordable ones. Yeah. And it, which is which is really bizarre. Obviously, you know, we all remember them from the 80s. They had that reputation of belonging to, you know, stockbrokers and yuppies and, and with the whale uh, tail on the back and you know having coming in white with white wheels and stuff yeah. like that 
Uh, whereas now, they're really having a moment. And if you can get one that's still got a narrow body and um, and is a right-hand drive that's been kind of looked after, you can still pick them up for a reasonable price. And a reasonable by reasonable, I mean 30-something pounds, yeah. 30-something thousand pounds. Um, and, and that's a usable one that you can just start using immediately, which kind of feels fairly cheap for a classic Porsche. It is. I mean, I like the SC. I like how James is so keen on them and he thinks they're one of the best ones. And, you know, um, and I have to admit, if I was looking for one, I, James would be the first person I would go and see um, only because, you know, he's because of his you know knowledge of them. And it seems like the red one he's got now is a really, really good example. The one he found, mm. which I don't know how long he's keeping it for. Actually, I think he may even be thinking of moving <laughs> it on soon. Would you be in the market for it? Red and me don't really work together. You know what I mean? I, I find red one of those colors that it, it's always a color that scared me. I just don't like it. I don't like being in red rooms. I don't like, I, I'm really not keen on red. I can live with yellow more than I can live with red for some reason. Oh, wow. Because my um, feeling on the SC is that right now, if it was your first Porsche, um, I think you'd be compromising by buying it because nobody says, I want a Porsche and it's my first Porsche and it's going to be an SC, uh, a 1980s SC or a 70s. Because um, like we said about, you know, when Magnus Walker says, oh, well, a massively underrated Porsche is a 924 and they're a great yeah, car. Yeah. But you, you but, but you evolve to that point, don't you? You go and drive a classic 911 or you drive a 991 six or a 997 um and and people want more and more and more and eventually you come to a point and go you drive something like an sc and you go this is actually really fun to drive because you've built up that experience of driving porsches but if you jumped straight into one it might be a great drive but you might think is it the one that it was is it the night if i want a 911 is it the one at the top of my shopping list probably not if it's your first one mm, maybe maybe I don't know. I really the thing I like. I really like. I like the SC badging. I have to say, the SC badging has always been the coolest badging. The back of it, you yes. know, that font and that typeface. It just, it's just something so cool about that. That you know, SC and the fact you know, Super Carrera. I love Super Carrera. I don't know. I just like saying it. I think it's like a really, yes, a really you know, <clears throat> yeah. It's like you know, they combined. What do they do? They combined both the models, didn't they? They didn't have the. It was like the two, and then they called it Super Carrera for that model year for that year or whatever it was that period yes because i was saying to my my wife always says that i'm an i'm a nerd and i'm not particularly a nerd but we walk past one and and i just said it oh a super carrera yeah, no. <laughs> that's just, what i mean and she just rolled her eyes and went oh God. yeah i always want to say the whole word i don't want to say sc i want to say super carrera it's just like something i don't know it's almost italian i don't know why it feels italian but it feels italian um hey ajmal i just want to mention about the two new members um who have joined porsche cool this week uh patreon yes. members um so Actually, someone just today, actually. Um, so we had uh, JD. I had JD uh, join Porsche Cool, join the Porsche Cool Club. Let's call it the Porsche Cool Club. Uh, so he joined Porsche Cool exclus exclusive during the week. So thank you, JD. Uh, I don't know much about you. I, I haven't reached out to you as yet, and I'm not sure if you own a Porsche or you're looking at buying a Porsche, but thank you for joining, um, and I will send you a message soon. And then today, uh, Randall uh, from... I think the US as well. I think maybe the US uh, has joined uh, Porsche, Porsche Cooled as well, Porsche Cooled Exclusive Plus. So thanks for that support. Anyone that wants to join, just head over to Patreon, do a search for Porsche Cooled or it's patreon.com slash Porsche Cooled. 
and you can just sign up and you can join um, you can join uh, the club, so to speak. Let's call it a club. Um, this week as well, we just had uh, owner's stories. Did you get a chance to listen to that, Ajmal, with Eric? I did. Yes, Eric's story was very good. Um, and I liked that he was so aligned with directly with Porsche and they almost helped him. I, I don't want to give away, actually, if someone hasn't listened to it, what happens? Should I say spoiler alert? Yeah. Eric, I mean, I know Eric's listening to this and, you know, Eric's, Eric's a really nice guy. He's a, you know, I liked, I really enjoyed our conversation. And the one thing that I loved about Eric is that he had never sat or driven in a Porsche before and he buys this 911 remotely from New Jersey. He's in North Carolina, as, as he says in the story. I'll give that away. And he's never sat or driven until it gets delivered on his doorstep and he gets to look at it and he gets to drive it. You know what I mean? And then the dream becomes a reality, as he says. You know, the dream becomes a reality. And I think that's great. And he bought it from a Porsche dealer, had a great experience, um, you know, got a good car, got a CPO. And then, you know, a month later... He buys another one, which just happens to also be at the same dealer, you know. So he's got, I reckon he's got a pretty good combination, you know, a Carrera 2S997 uh, alongside the Boxster S. Um, and the Boxster S is his fun one. It's the one he's modding. It's the one he's doing things to. Um, but they look they look really, really good. And, you know, I don't know. He's he's joined the club and he's just, he's just so happy about it. It's fantastic. I really like um, his outlook uh, because of the way he the way he bought the first one because it kind of it reminded me of a little bit about how I bought it. I'd never driven one until mine got delivered to my house uh, and I'd only ever been in one Porsche before which was a 993 years and years and years before um and then also the fact that he's able to enjoy the Boxster in a different way because he's not worried about um keeping it original he's not looking at it as a, an investment he's just looking at it as a thing to enjoy and to just do whatever he wants with it and get maximum enjoyment out of it yeah. i think that's more people need to look at their cars that way rather than the, the investments like he's kind of got the best of both worlds he's got the experience of a 911 and the enjoyment full enjoyment of a, a boxster but um i really like the way he's looked at that because if you go just investment you end up putting it in a garage and not driving it yeah exactly and doing you know doing the work on the boxster you get to really know porsche you know what i mean you get to know what it's all about and i think that's yeah you know, it's, that's a good thing it's a good thing because he but, started he, yeah he started um working on them himself didn't he he did the fister exhaust um on the on the 997 yeah. which i which I applaud him for because I wouldn't even attempt that myself. Um, he did that one, and but he's been doing other things on the Boxster. I think he's planning to do other things on the Boxster. But yeah, it's, a it's good just story. the way he dropped. Yeah, it is. It's just the way he dropped it into conversation. I think we should probably stop talking about it. Yeah, we're yeah. Give we, away I don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I listened to it on the day. Exactly. If you haven't listened to it, um, it's the episode before this one, Porsche Gordona Stories, number 25. I can't believe we're up to 25. You were number three, oh. Ajmal, weren't you? I was number three, yeah. It's, <laughs> it, that's flying by every time I see the number and I think, wow. Yeah, it's 25. So um, I have to get my foot down though because I don't really have many more up my up my sleeve. So I have to do some recordings once I get to London. Um, so anyway, uh, Eric, 
check out his story. If you haven't seen his Instagram, it's in the description of his podcast, but it's at Elrey, E-L-R-E-Y-P-997 on Instagram. So go over there, give him a follow and um, support uh, the other people who have been on Push Good Owner Stories. I just want to also mention, sorry, Ashmal, I just want to mention about Apple ratings and reviews. I know I keep going on about this, but it really, one, I'm really happy because you guys actually do listen to me, which I find very strange sometimes that people actually listen to me. But you guys listen to me and you go over to Apple and you have been giving me ratings and you have been reviewing the podcast. Um, There's been three reviews this week since I did the shout out about it last week. Um, So thank you for the people that have given reviews. Um, I did have their names here and now I can't find them all. Uh, There was one that just came through before, great enthusiast content. Uh, Chad in California. So thank you, Chad. Uh, Essential Porsche listening, Porsche listening. That was Ted from Sydney. Thanks, Ted. And great show. I'm not reading the whole review. There's more to it. Uh, by Fly, Fly DR via Apple Podcasts. Fly DR, United States. I hope I've said that correct. So thank you so much for doing that. Much appreciated. Also, Ajmal, um, you know Nick from uh, Nick at the Classic Series who has got the white yes. 912, yep. who's a fellow UK Resident, citizen, I don't know what you what do you call yourself? <laughs> what am Brit. I talking about? Just Brit. Say, just fellow say, Brit. Just say Brit. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> fellow Brit. What's wrong with me tonight? Seriously, you can tell I've had a bad day. Um, fellow Brit. So Nick has got the um, and he mentioned it in the in the owner stories when he was on, but he's he's classic for carers. He has this event called Classic for Carers. Uh, it's happening again on the twentieth of March, and the twentieth of March is Saturday, this Saturday, so tomorrow. Um, tomorrow when you're listening to this podcast, this podcast has obviously been coming out on Friday. So if you're listening to it today on Friday, it comes out on the uh, – his Classic Classic for Carers uh, show is on the 20, 20th of March. Um, classic for Carers is a national stay-at-home motor show, as he calls it. Uh, you know, you can still join in on the day. You basically can display your car in your driveway outside your home so people can see it. You can print out um, the display – event poster online you can print it out and put it on your car so people can see it and then people can go and donate uh, via justgiving.com if you go to justgiving.com and you can go to his page and you can donate and it's for this year it's for the NHS uh, and it's last year it was for the NHS as well last couple of years it's NHS this 2021 2021 event is focused on the NHS you can see that I'm struggling to read and I don't know what's wrong with me sorry uh <laughs> It's about well-being and mental health, aiming to raise £13,000 to fund an NHL's NHS well-being pod, uh, a space for the staff. Um, but basically, you just share your passion. You can do it online. Um, you can do it, uh, you know, in your driveway. And then you go to, um, you go to uh, what's the site? Justgiving.com. And then you can donate. Um, I did that yesterday. It's worthwhile. It's a good cause. You don't have to give much. Just anything helps and get Nick to his target that he's, that he's trying to get to. Um, so all you have to do is, like I said, is you go to Classic Carers. Classic, classicsforcarers.com is the website. I'll put it in the link of this podcast. And then all the instructions are there and it gives you the link to um, – it gives you the link so you can donate as well. So good cause and I think Nick has got a really good event there and he's done, he's done pretty well. The last ones that he did, the last one he did uh, in 2020 – Actually won an award from the Royal Automobile Club, I think it was, RAC. He won an award for that, for that event, Ajmal. All right, so that, that's, uh, that's what's happening there. Um, this is all a bit haphazard today, sorry. 
What else, Ajmal? What else has been happening this week? Did you drive the 912? I, I didn't because at the weekend, the temperatures dropped to sub-zero and they went out and salted the roads again. Oh, okay. And so, so when they've got grit on the roads, I'm always nervous taking it out. And if there's a little bit of surface water, then you end up, all of that grit ends up sticking to the car and you end up putting it away all wet. Um, so it's just sat in your garage rusting away. So that's been a bit of a pain. But I did. There, is, there are some pretty significant news, though. I have bought myself a phone holder. Oh, really? One of those, uh, you know, one of those, uh, is it Renline? The one that clamps around the clock. Oh, okay. They're great. The phone to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the ones um, that come on the 80s 9, 911s as well. Yeah, yes. Um, someone yes. else said they had one of those too. Yeah. Uh, yes, so I, I was chatting to Nick about it actually, um, and just saying on the, on the back of that Nick uh, thing about classics for carers, uh, a really good cause, and I'll be donating to that. Um, but yeah, the I did go and uh, get one, and it was basically I was on the Design Nine Eleven site um, looking for an exhaust clamp. <laughs> well, I don't know if you've seen on um, on Instagram where my <laughs> Exhaust tip fell off. Yeah, I know. It looks terrible. Fix that quickly. It looks terrible. Well, I didn't notice it at first. I just went to the shop and I got out and I walked past it and it was just pointing downwards. Um, So I've now taken it off um, and I bought a clamp. I just need to fit it back, uh, which is a a real pain. um, So is is it easy fix? You can do it yourself? um, Easy enough? You kind of can. The problem with it is... You have to use both of your hands and you have to be able to see what you're doing. And the only way to do that is if you're underneath the car. Just take it to somebody, seriously. I, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And I, I, feel, I feel a little bit, I, I know that if I take it to Jack, he'll just look at me with disappointment. <laughs> if hey, I, how come you haven't got a, how come, why don't you change the exhaust on your 996? How do you mean? Why don't to, you to get a, a mod? Yeah, like a Fista mod or a the other mod that people say um it doesn't have a standard exhaust it's some kind of stainless steel thing. oh okay okay but i don't know what type it is because when i went to do you know that magazine article i told you about yes when i first yes. bought it when i went there and there was a guy there with a um, carrera four and yeah. he was an old hat with porsches and he said to me oh that's got a custom exhaust on it. Where did you get that from? And I said, I don't know. I don't know anything else. It's the only one that's had on it. Um, but I have no, no idea what kind of exhaust it is. So it has a, has a good sound? It sounds pretty so good, So it's got yeah. a bit of a gr- growth, throatier sound? Uh, not massively so. Um, I've been stood next to a couple that have fired up, and I didn't think it was that different. Uh, so it could just be an aftermarket replacement as opposed to a mod. Right, right. Um, but um, but he seemed to think it was just hearing it. He said, oh, that's not a standard exhaust. Okay. Um, and I didn't think it sounded particularly loud. I don't think it does. Right. Um, but, um, but, but I, yeah, I need, to, I need to get that changed because I, I need to talk to Jack and say, can I bring it over? Um, because I just can't be bothered getting underneath it. <clears throat> but the car's okay. It. The car's okay apart from that, right? All the other issues you, you sorted out, the leak and everything like that? Yeah, so it was literally that when I opened the front hood and it had tons of water in it, uh, there was a, a rubber bung at the bottom of the 
uh, trunk that had come off. So oh, okay. when I went through puddles, it was letting water in. Right. And then all of the vents at the top were just literally matted in leaves. And then all around the battery, I had to vacuum it out and then pour water down it to see if it was still draining. And it is still draining, but I need to check the, the sunroof drain hole and make sure that's not just pouring into the car because um, a couple of times I've walked past it and it's been... Um, it's been steamed up, which oh, okay. is, which is one of those things that you look at and it's, yeah, it's not good. And you just think, oh God, um, but I, I want to drive it and I don't really want to drive it without this exhaust tip on there because it'll send the exhaust gases under the bumper and I don't really want the bumper to get no. heat up. Yeah, no, you can't do that. Um, don't, don't drive it until you get it fixed. But if Yeah, you've got exactly. To, so, But how are you going to do that if you need to get someone else to fix it for you? I know. I know. I might just have to suck it up and get under the car. Um, yeah, which I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> I mean, you know, these are these are things that are you know annoying, but they're fun things. You know what I mean? This is what I've been thinking about. I've been planning in my head when I've got some free time, like when I'm in the gym or when I'm running or whatever. The things that I'm going to do, I've been adding up the costs in my head. You know what I mean? Like of everything that I need to do to my car, because my car has a steering rack leak at the moment. The steering rack has to be reconditioned. It was like that when I left my 997. Um, I left it like that. So no doubt, no doubt after a year and a half of not driving it, I hate to say it's a year and a half, no doubt that steering rack has got worse. Um, so that'll have to be done. And that was about Aussie dollars. It's about, I think, $1,500. And then you have to get a, a wheel alignment as well afterwards. Yes. And I know the wheel alignment is about $400 a strain. So it's about two grand for that fix alone. So there's quite a lot of things. Wow. There's quite a lot of things. I've got a, I've got a few plans actually. I've got a few weird things that I want to what I what I want to do. Um, all I'll say is I'm buying roof racks. That's what I'm going to give away the hint. I'm buying Porsche Ooh. roof racks, and that's not the end of it. So there's something coming which is going to be, you know, it hasn't. It's not like it hasn't been done before, um, but it it's going to be a bit controversial with some people. I don't think a lot of people are going to like it. But I'm going to do it. Can I, can I guess? I, can, I, can I guess? <laughs> Have I given no, away too I'm, much? I've only got one guess. All I'm I say is road trip. Thing. Road trip. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to have one guess, but I'm not going to say it now because I might give it away. Anyway, I've been adding up the cost of all these things, you know, the, the maintenance things and then the, you know, uh, sort of, you know, other things, the, um, the other things that I want to buy, like the door seals and all those things. Uh, and wow. It adds up very, very quickly. Yes. I think I'm going oh, to have to cut uh, something out. Uh, it's, it's adding up very, very quickly. <laughs> well, you're right, because when I was looking for things for my 912, and at first, the first uh, few weeks, months, were just about getting it running properly. So I was spending a few hundred pounds on Design 9 Heaven website. And then I started to look at things like uh, wheels and the stereo. And then I thought, oh, do I want different color seats? Um, and then I had to check myself and think, oh, no, this is hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's going to go into thousands. And I just want to be driving it before I do any of that. Yeah. And roof rack. Roof rack is, is the main thing. I do want a roof rack. Yeah, I want some decals that. on the side. I want a, uh, a white circle on each door. Um, and steel wheels, steel want. wheels, roof rack, and, yep. that, and that Danks exhaust. That's all you need. But you're right. That is literally all I need. But How much is that? Probably, Five thousand pounds. Six thousand pounds. I think pounds. that that will come to with tires, 
probably about three and a half thousand pounds. Okay, that could be worse. Yeah, to, to four thousand. That's before I, you know, um, that's not including fitting the exhaust and yeah. settling and things like that. So, so yeah, probably four four and a half thousand pounds. Um, but I guess the nine twelve has increased in value by about at least that much since you bought it. So, yeah, and I think. My thing is that I would like to, when the weather is better, which is, it feels like it's going to be any day now, then I want to use it way more and just get a feel for it and just, and then prioritize what I want to do. Yeah, good um, idea. And then, and, and then it'll be, um, and, and then I'll work my way to a point where I'll go, right, everything now is nice to have because like your steering leak, um, when... I first started to do things on my 996. They were all things that were slightly annoying. They weren't things that would move it on. They were more things that would maintain it running better and stop the leaks and things like that. And they're, you know, a lot like the um, the header tank because that was split. Um, so those kind of things. But then with the 996, it was different. I just wanted to get it running right and that was it. But with the 912, I feel like it's a different type of project. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, no, I understand. I understand. I mean, the dilemma I'm having is is that I want to do a, I want to do a few like big road trips in in Australia, just in case I have to leave again. Which is a possibility mm. now. Which is just something else has happened. So it's a possibility. I might not be there for as long as what I thought. Um, but so I want to go to Melbourne. I want to do the trip down to Melbourne, which is a long drive. You know, it's a I don't know a thousand mm. kilometers. I guess a thousand kilometers, whatever yeah. that is in miles. So it's a long trip. Um, my brakes need to be. Uh, done. They don't need to be done yet, but I'm not sure exactly how many kilometers or how many miles they have left on them if I do a road trip like that. Obviously, I don't want the brake warning mm. light to come on when I'm, you know, on the way down there and I've got to, you know, I might even yeah. go further, might go to Adelaide, who knows, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, so I want to do that trip. So I just got to make sure I got to work out, prioritize which things to get fixed and if they need to be fixed now or I fix them after the road trip and then the car is, you know, perfect again. Um, like the engine mounts, I want to get the engine mounts checked and I want to see mm. if they, I'm not sure how they check to see if they're worn when they're on. Uh, I'm guessing if they haven't been changed in 15 years, then they probably need to be changed. Um, and I've heard from a lot of people that makes a big difference to the whole feel of the car. So that's another thing that I want to do as well. Um, but it's just working out when to do it, Ashmal, you know what I mean? What, you know, before mm. or after, you know, before the trip or after the trip. So... Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one because especially with the engine mounts, I just had a feeling that mine needed changing. And um, so I, I took it to Jack and I said, oh, can we just change them? Because I feel like there's a slight vibration on idle. Um, and he changed them and they literally fell apart as he took them out. He oh, said really? he thought they were the original ones. Yeah, he said, because yeah. they're full of oil. They're oil filled. Yeah. And he said he took them out and they just spewed out oil yeah, everywhere. See, they were just I mean. completely gone. That's what I mean. But they didn't make a massive difference to how it drove. I, I felt it was a little bit tighter and not, um, and, and that vibration was still there. That's something else. I know what that is. But, um, but you never really know how bad it is until you actually take a look at it. And it might be that on a 997, I think it might transform it if it is a, a, an issue. Right. Did you see, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share my screen so the listeners know what I'm doing here. I'm actually going to share my screen with you, Ajmal. Um, did you see this Porsche indoor car cover? 
I did not, but um, I, I've seen, so, I have seen it, not the Porsche one. I haven't seen the Porsche one. I've seen the Goodwill one. Yeah, so Porsche has done, is, I don't know if anyone who's listening has seen it, but Porsche has done a premium indoor cover, the 992 GT3 Grello, I think it's how you pronounce it, this cover. Basically, it looks like the, what's the company? Manti Racing, Manti Racing 911. Oh, right, so it's yes. modeled on that. But basically, if you've heard of the company called Goodwill, if you haven't heard of the company called Goodwill, they've been around for a few years, they do covers the same as this, obviously different quality, obviously much more expensive, but they've been doing them for some time. So it was quite funny. I was telling Ajma before we came on, um, there was an Instagram post Porsche put on there and Goodwill were not happy that Porsche had done an imitation, a copycat. You know what I mean? So I find it interesting in that who is really copycat copying who i like goodwill but it's a little bit it's a fine line you know what i mean ajmal like it, mm. it it's a bit of a fine line because porsche's shape of their car porsche's design of their car is their copyright it is theirs so they can yep. do whatever they want with it do you know what i mean in a way goodwill are using that shape and Doing, you know, drawing the shape or artistic, uh, you know, interpretation of the shape of features of the car on a cover, is that something that is on verging on a copyright or a design infringement? I don't know. Obviously not, because they haven't gone after, they haven't gone after um, Goodwill. I heard on a podcast during the week that they, I didn't realize they went over, they went after Singer for the Singer Safari car because it had Porsche script Ooh. on the Safari car and Porsche gave them an order to take it off, to remove it. I think it had two lots of texts which were related to Porsche and they told them to remove it off the car. Oh, wow. Yeah, that yeah, happened, on, that happened on, just recently. Because on that, on that cover, um, obviously Goodwill are massively benefiting and exploiting the Porsche brand, the design, the yeah. shape, all of those things. Um, and when Porsche say, well, actually, we're going to exploit our own design a little bit more, I don't, can you really be annoyed at that? I don't think so. I think what it is, I guess it would have been good if there was a conversation that, you know, Porsche would have had a conversation with them. I'm guessing that's why they were annoyed. Um, to be annoyed on a Porsche post and to say, you know, copycats and cheap imitation, I think they're being a little bit careless. And I like the mm. company, don't get me wrong. I'm not having a go at Goodwill. I like the company. But I think maybe they're a little bit careless because it is a Porsche post and they are kind of doing, you know, they're, you know, Goodwill doesn't just do Porsche, as we know, they do whatever car you have, they'll do the cover, you know, and they're really great covers. I don't know how much they cost. I'm guessing yep. they're in the thousands. But you've got to be really careful putting things on social media and putting posts like that on Porsche's own post and saying, you know, copycat, um, yeah, especially you, when, they're, you wanna... when they do do the cease and desist thing to a lot of people. Yeah, you don't want to prod the beast, do you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, there was a – the other thing that I saw uh, a week ago, actually, and I meant to mention it last week and I didn't. Did you see the 997 Safari that was on Bring a Trailer? Um, I didn't know. Um, I Someone mentioned it to me, but I hadn't. I couldn't find the, the actual ad. Well, let me just share the screen and I'll show you. I don't know the listeners are going. This is getting very slow because I'm I'm pausing. But let me just get the screen up. We're exploiting the technology. We're exploiting the technology and my internet's working. Um, but I just want to show Ajmal this when we talk about it. So it's this one. Yeah, See I, haven't, I haven't seen I haven't seen that. But is it me or does it look like someone made it in their garage? <laughs> Steve, <laughs> Steve, I sent it to Steve. He wasn't so. 
For those of you who haven't seen it, go to Bring a Trailer. Do search 997 Safari. It comes up. It was, I think, a few weeks ago it sold. Um, it's been redone. I mean, the wheels look pretty cool. I mean, it's been raised up. It's got extended guards. It's got the lights on the bonnet. It's got the roof rack with the tire. I mean, it's a true safari. And it's sold for 121000 US dollars. So is it is it <laughs> worth... Yeah, it's got 60,000 miles on it as well. It's not a low-mileage car. It's a Carrera S, Ajmal. Well, that's what I was about to say. It's, I mean, would I enjoy driving that more than I would enjoy driving a straight-up Carrera S 2007-997? I don't think so. I mean, it looks like they've spent money on it. It looks like there has been money spent. It doesn't look like they haven't, you know, invested money. I mean, the seats, the wheels, they all look quite, you know, expensive. I don't know what the name of the parts are, but it looks quite expensive. Um, some, someone obviously thought it was worthwhile to spend 121000 US dollars on it, uh, and it sold, so... Anyway, check that out. If you haven't seen it, I thought it was interesting, um, you know, this whole safari thing. Is Porsche going to do a 992 safari? Possibly. I think they have to. Ajmal, don't you? I really do think they have to. Mm. I, I, th I think so because the certainly with the GT3 and then, you know, if you start talking about RS cars, they're um, – they're coming. They're coming to the not to the end, but they they have to move in a different direction because with hybrid cars, um, petrol cars coming to towards the end of their new uh, life in terms of just churning out a newer model, a newer model, a newer model. Um, I think they need to do something different and yeah, also yeah. something something that's because all of these these cars, those GT cars and the RS cars, they're they're all. They're getting to the point where they're just they track cars, they're race cars. So I think you there has to be something different. So if they did a safari, I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think so too. I, I mean I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it. I think they're gonna do it for sure. Last week I was speaking to James about, you know, what's happening with Porsche's supercar, so to speak. Where's the replacement to the the Carrera GT? Where's the replacement to the spider, you know, the nine one eight spider? Where's the replacement? When is it coming? Um, and reading that article just before I came on to talk to you, actually, um, that Porsche is taking over Bugatti in collaboration with RIMAC. Uh, and RIMAC, we, I mentioned, I think it was last week or the, in the episode with you, we mentioned about RIMAC, who Porsche has invested, you know, more cash into RIMAC, quite a lot of money, actually. I think it was $100 million mm -hmm. or something, $100 million they put into RIMAC. So apparently they're getting all their, all their ducks in a row, so to speak, and Volkswagen uh, want to give uh, Bugatti to Porsche because I think Porsche can actually make more of the brand. I think I think it's a better alignment to be with Porsche than to be with to be with Volkswagen. But this then comes to the point, you know, do they do do they do a, a Bugatti, an electric Bugatti, and then will that Bugatti be in a way like the um, Touareg is to the Cayenne, you know, to the you know what I'm saying? Like, will the Bugatti then become this mm. Porsche? So you have the Bugatti version and then you have the Porsche version of the same car in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is like the, no, Lamborghini, the Lamborghini R8 thing, is that what they're planning? I think possibly. I think possibly that's what they're doing. That, how would that, do you think that would detract from either brand? Because if it's, if it's electric, for example, obviously Rimac, well known for their sports electric sports cars yeah, or exactly. mega powered sports cars um and if it if the bugatti was a combination of all the technology from 
um, from Remac and Porsche, and then you had um, Bugatti on top of that. That could be something, but then if you had a Remac and a Porsche and a Bugatti that were based on the same design, I don't know what that would do. I mean, especially I with Bugatti being so much more expensive. Yeah, it's price point, isn't it? I mean, how do mm. they do it for the price? I mean, obviously, Bugatti is only limited people that can buy a Bugatti. Um, even if it's an electric Bugatti, it's not going to be cheap. It's probably going to be the same price as what Bugattis are now. Um, I was listening to something the other day as well, another podcast, and they were talking about Bugatti and Pagani. I think it was an old podcast, actually, how Pagani, they don't really sell that many anymore because the price of Pagani was a certain level, one million, and now they're like four million. You know what I mean? And were they good at one million, but are they as great and people want them at four million? Then the resale market of Pagani is really bad. You know what I mean? So it's, mm. but then Bugatti is actually selling quite well. Bugatti is actually quite popular. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's interesting though that they're taking it off off Volkswagen. Volkswagen have said it. You know, the you know, Volkswagen parent company is saying Porsche can do more with it. So I think it's a good idea. I think it's interesting to see what's going to come out of it. I mean, obviously it's not going to happen for a few years. What you see, what the results will be, and what the designs will be. But I think it's going to be an interesting thing to follow. That's for sure. Because yeah, I, I agree. It will be. It will be interesting. It's not um, because Porsche do quite a lot in that space. They, they're doing a lot of. There's a lot of leakage coming from the company about things that they're considering. You know, the alternative fuel. The uh, looking at Formula One again. And how many times yeah. have we heard that in the past? You know, you and I both Formula One fans. How yeah. many times have we heard that before? And every time we get a little bit excited, oh, Porsche might be back in back in Formula One. And you know what they like, you know, when they go and do anything like that, they go all in. They don't go and buy some small outfit and then take five years to build up to it. They'll go all in. Yeah, true, true. Um, but did you read that that they want? I think they're, they're probably demanding too much, though. I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle because I think they're demanding that F1 use, they want to use their fuel in the F1. Now, F1, everyone has to use the same fuel, right? The regulations yes. are pretty strict on the fuel. But Porsche want to do it, obviously, because they're developing that sustainable fuel that they're doing, um, that e-fuel, and they want to use their own fuel. Now, the thing I wrote is like it was unclear whether they just want to use the e-fuel themselves or they want everyone in the F1 to use this e-fuel. But then they get the advantage because it's their fuel, right? So there must be some you know, competitive yes. advantage over them using that fuel. So I think it's going to be, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really want to see it. I think it will be great to have Porsche in F1. Um, it would be really, really good. But I think they've got a lot of things to get over first. And then you've got Mark Webber, who's still there as an ambassador of Porsche. He's still yes. there. And, you know, I always I thought about this the other day. I thought, you know, they ha they've had Mark Webber for a long time now. It's a wonder they haven't changed to someone else. But maybe mm. they're not changing to someone else because Mark Webber is that person they're going to use, which, you know, if they go into F1, they've got an expert, they've got someone, you know, who knows knows what it's all about already in their fold? Yeah, absolutely. Because um, the way that the e fuel thing is, um, in, in a way, confusing, but in another way, not. You're right. They would have massive advantage because their engines would be built to for that fuel, whereas yeah, exactly. everyone else would have to accommodate it or you know evolve their yeah. engines. And and you couldn't you can't have different <laughs> Can you imagine Ferrari? Can you imagine them saying to Ferrari, oh, Ferrari, Ferrari team, you know, you have to use Porsche's e-fuel? 
you know, you know, or McLaren, it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Exactly. I mean, the likes of Ferrari and McLaren and Mercedes, they're at the top table in Formula One. And if they don't want something to happen, it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also it's, um, you know, if they said, well, we're the only ones who are going to use it, you're right. You know, there's so many strict regulations around the type of fuel, the fuel flow into the engine. All of these things are really strictly monitored and metered, uh, which, you know, um, which throws up the thing. I know, I know we're here to talk about Porsche, but um, the previous season, Formula One, not last year, the year before, where Ferrari had the most powerful engine and then yeah. they had a clarification of the rule and suddenly on, on fuel flow and suddenly they were nowhere. Yep. Um, That's what happens. <laughs> happens very quickly. Yep. It's like the testing so that just the, happened in Bahrain. There was the F1 testing last week in here in Bahrain. In fact, I didn't say that when I when I went to get my COVID test, there were four Patronus team members sitting in the uh, vaccination center. They were getting their vaccinations, so obviously they were offering them vaccinations to um, F1 teams. So that was interesting. Oh, I looked. I, I thought know. it might be Lewis Hamilton for a second, but it wasn't. There was no one there. It was just <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine he'll be sat in the waiting room with Patronus top. <laughs> <laughs> the other guys were. They were wearing. He's like, hey, Patronus. <laughs> Um, but but we're just going back to the Bugatti thing and um, Bugatti as a brand. I, I have this thing about, do you know if you, because yeah, um, so, if you, so if money is no object and you can just walk into any showroom and say, I'll have that one in that spec and you can drive off with it. I think the enjoyment and getting to know the car just becomes a little bit because it becomes more of a disposable thing almost yeah and and i've always from lots of people that i know there are those who can just walk in and buy absolutely anything and they they will be uh fans of certain brands they'll be a fan of car they like cars they like to talk about cars they like to drive cars but would you say that they were passionate about them probably not so and where someone who would go I'm going to buy something. I'm going to drive it for three years. I'm going to use it every day. And if something comes up or it changes in a way that it, for me, an old car has a personality that's different to a car that's exactly the same, but someone else has owned it for 20 years. And when you get into it, you think, oh, they feel like different cars because they've aged in a different way. They've been used in a different way. And sometimes they have things about them that you drive around or you exploit in a different way. And I think if I was, would I lose that if suddenly, you know, I won the lottery and I won a hundred million pounds, would I lose that by just going into the Porsche showroom and saying, I love that one. And then going, I don't really like it anymore. I'm just going to give it back. I don't know. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, you say money, if money's no object, what would you buy? You know what I mean? If money's no object, what would you go in? What are the cars you'd buy? What are the Porsches you would buy? You know, it's interesting, you know, like talking to everyone on owner's stories. You know, most people, we're just normal people. We're just normal people buying cars. And, you know, you have priorities and things get in the way and you eventually get a car. And um, I'm not sure if I'm going off track here. I'll keep you back if I'm going <laughs> off track. But you'd buy it, you know, you, you know, you can only buy what you can afford and you, you want to get into something now and you buy it, the same old story we keep talking about. Um, but we're always window shopping, you know, we're always looking for something else. Uh, you know, I think even Eric said it, you know, as soon as you buy something, you know, you're looking at something else, you're still online looking. You know, I'm sure you're doing the same. You know, you picked up your 912 and your 996 and you're probably just still looking for something. We're always looking for something more. And, 
you know, is that enjoyment that you get, if you had all the money in the world, if you could, if there was no options, would you still feel the same? Would it give you the same feeling? I guess it would. Yeah. Because it's about the car. And, and it's not about the, it's not just about the buying experience. It's about the experience of the car. There, there is that. And also, but if you think about the, all of the things that you're thinking of doing to your 997, would you still be thinking that or would you just be thinking, oh, just go and buy another car? just go and buy the newer one or just go and buy a different one yeah see if all of a sudden you know here you go your investments are paid off and here you have uh, you know two million pounds and you've got five hundred thousand pounds or six hundred thousand pounds you know or so to go and buy a few porsches i guess i guess i wouldn't keep the 997 no i wouldn't do the things to the 997 but i think for you it's and, different and because if you have a classic a 912 and you came if you said okay you can do okay. Here's a question for you. You've got the 912, and money's no object. Would you restore that 912, or would you buy another one that's already restored? Would you try and search out one and buy a brand new one, or would you say, okay, I'm going to get my 912, I'm going to take it to Rint, I'm going to take it to 912 Revival, I'm going to take it to Jack, you know, wherever it is in London in the UK, and get it perfect. I think the number one thing that I would do is I would say get it working perfectly and everything else I'd think about and I'd keep it probably looking a lot like it is simply because I think it tells a story. Um, a bit like having a, a car that's got a bit of patina to it. Would you then go and say, I want to fully restore that? You'd probably go, no, I want to, I want, I want it to wear its age. Okay. Um, but the, but there's a, the, the other bit to it is that, you know, if I was if I was to have money no object and I thought I'm going to, going to buy another Porsche, I wouldn't then go and buy another 912. I'd, I'd probably go and buy a classic 911. Um, yep. And it would complement something that I've already got. But I, I guess I'm a bit odd like that because I, I wouldn't go and buy something pristine and I wouldn't go and buy something probably brand new. I wouldn't. I'd go and drive something. I'd probably join one of those clubs where you can select a car to have for the weekend or a week. Yeah, I mean, so you wouldn't get like your car, for example, has been resprayed. Would you? You wouldn't get your. You wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to get the nine twelve. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it painted. I'm going to get it redone. Not that one. No, it's it's simply because it doesn't have the original engine, and it kind of looks presentable. And I just want it to drive right. And I still want to be able to leave it in a car park somewhere. Okay, here's another thing. You know, there's a guy in Australia who has a nine twelve. Um, some people from Australia will probably know who I'm talking about. He has a 912, a black 912. He had it fixed up in the in the US. He bought it in the US and he had it redone by Benton Performance. He got a Polo engine put into it. I think Benton Performance did the final touches to it. Um, and then he got it sent back to Australia. So it's got a different power plant. It's got a more powerful power, power plant. Polo engines um, are the engines that Rod Emery uses in his 356 Outlaws, in the original Outlaw. Um, that's who he used. It's a guy that basically works out of his garage in, in the US, pretty much. Uh, I think there are about 20,000 US, 20,000 starting US for an engine uh, to put it into your 912. Wow. So it's a big cost. Um, so you could always do something like that. I guess you need to have a car that's, that's what I mean. You, you know, is that 912, do you have that attraction to that 912 where you think, okay, I, this is my first 912. I don't want to get rid of this. I want to fix this one up. Um, it's probably more, I would probably do more to it, um, like Eric and his Boxster. Okay. I, it's, it's probably the one that I would put some weird engine into it. 
yeah. and do something different with it because I'm not detracting from it in any way. If I had yeah. uh, a matching numbers, you know, original color, decent condition car, and it didn't have rust, I, you know, you'd think it, it's it, not from an investment point of view, but just from a history point of view, you'd go, yeah. I probably shouldn't tear that into pieces. But whereas mine doesn't have any of that, and you'd go, do you know what? It's one that I can go to town on. Yeah, and just yeah. completely change it. Speaking of weird, uh, weird projects, I, I don't know whether you've seen it. There's a guy on YouTube, home built by Jeff. He's in Australia, just outside of Sydney. He's putting an Audi, uh, I think it's an Audi V8, an Audi engine out of an A6 in a Boxster at the moment on his YouTube channel. So it's an interesting watch. I actually watched one of the episodes <laughs> earlier today. He's putting the Audi. He bought an old Audi A6 for no money. And he's taken the engine out of the Audi A6 and he's putting it into the Boxster. He bought this Boxster, which was a real... Home built by Jeff. Anyone listening who hasn't seen it, it's, it's quite interesting to watch like how would that engine fit into a Boxster. But apparently he can do it and he's doing it and the project has started. So it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a watch. Um, I don't know. I mean, no limitations. Top five, you know, let's call it the top five. Your favorite YouTube channels always have the top five. If money was yes. no if money was no object, I don't know whether you thought about this, Ajmal. If money was no object, what are your top five? What are the Porsches that you would buy? The five Porsches that you would get. Money's no object, and this could be keeping the one you have and fixing it up, which you sounded like you don't want. You, you may do that, or you may not do that. Um, what are your top five? So five five is a lot, <laughs> um, but but money no object. I would go and buy the oldest 911 I could find. Really? That was a 2.4 mechanical fuel injected. Okay. Uh, simply because I've heard good things about how they drive. And the, the thing about those cars is they drive great. And when you see people driving them on YouTube, on Instagram, things like they sound fantastic. They look fantastic going down the road. But I do know that they are completely unforgiving on the road. So, you know, you can get carried away because they make an amazing noise when they're hitting, you know, high revs. But if you're going around a bend and you've got it in the wrong gear and you hit, you know, a bump in the road or something, there's, there's no, you know, PSM or, you know, Porsche yeah, traction yeah. control to save you. It's going to be facing the wrong way in no time. Um, but once you're aware of that, um, I would want that. I like the rawness of an older car. Um, and I think that would be my number one. I'd get that. That would be my number one to get. Uh, number two, I would probably get a similar one that I would put something modern into engine-wise. I'd get somebody to okay. put something modern in that gave me the reliability, the um, uh, economy, and uh, obviously the performance. And you try and make it in a way that obviously it wasn't going to kill you. Um, but it would be just that different one that you would almost go, I'm going to jump into that because I'm going down to the shop. I'm going to jump into that because I, I can just go anywhere. Really. I can yeah. go and visit my mum who lives a uh, hundred miles away. Um, I, th- I quite like having my 996 and I feel like it, it should have a place on the list. Right. Um, this is money, no object here. I'm very interested by your choices. Know, money, I no know. object. <laughs> well, I'm going to sound, I'm going to sound like a right wanker when I tell you what I've picked. <laughs> Give me a chance. I might sound like a wanker in a minute. Too. Number four. Is that number three? The, uh, number four now. Uh, 
number three. Yeah, number so number three. So, nine nine yeah. six. You're so, keeping. Can I? Can I? <laughs> yeah. Can I keep my? Uh, can I keep my uh, nine twelve on the side and not include that? Yeah, sure. You're getting rid of it. Okay. So uh, you know that's that's it's it's in the maybe column, um, but number four. I would have, uh, and I don't know. So I don't know how long I would have this, but I would buy the most recent 911 that I could buy. That was manual, naturally aspirated. Okay. Um, and um, just for the fun of it, I, I probably I still wouldn't go on a track day. Right. But I just like to be able to be in control of the gears and just enjoy it. You know, everywhere you, you you happen to be in the right gear, you come around a bend and there's a bit of clear road and you can just floor it and just feel the performance. I'd love that. Um, number five's, number five's tricky. Um, I, I, I can't, that's, that's a, five's a big number. So I don't know. I think it would have to be a 356. 356? Okay. Speed, yeah, speedster. So you've gone mainly all classic cars. You've gone mainly all classics with one modern one thrown yeah. in. Okay. Yeah, I think one and a half. Well, no, no, two really, because half, half, the 996 is half modern. Um, and the one that I would mod to have modern internals. And then the, so, so it's a bit of a mishmash. And apart from uh, the 356, they're all 911s. Because that's what I want. Yeah, I thought of the 356 and I'm thinking I haven't actually added a 356. Um, and I think I should and I'm going to change what I thought. But see, I'm going to start at the oldest. I would get, this is money, no object, and we're talking about, you know, I think yeah. this is what we're talking about. So I would get a 69. I would look at, I would search out for a 69 matching numbers, 912, um, preferably unrestored and get it restored by someone who is very good, whether it be Rint or whoever it may be. Um, and I would do that in a very specific, I would either do it in slate gray or I would do it in agar blue. And um, oh. that would be the two, that would be the two color choices. Um, interior really, color? Interior color, even though I, I just said I don't like red. red. Um, that's very weird. I actually like the red with the slate gray. In moderation, I don't know if it could all be red. And I don't know if that's going to be period correct and it's going to be exactly how it was. I'm not saying restore it so it's the same spec, but it's a matching numbers. As long as there's a Porsche color, the interior I think you can still have a bit of fun with as long as the steering wheel is the original steering wheel and, you know, it's a hockey puck or whatever. Mm. Um, Aga blue, I'm not sure about Aga blue, the interior, but I like that as a color. I've always liked that color. Um, I think it was offered as a PTS color for GT3s. I think there's someone I noticed on that Instagram that had it in a GT3. Um but I think that's, you know, that the 912 has to be on the list. The other one is a Targa. I think it's a Targa. No, it's not a Targa. 911T. A 911T, which is a 73 and a half model 911T, which is apparently, as everyone says, is the pick of that model. Um, and that would have to be in a bright color. I mean, my budget here is high. You know, we're, we're talking about a lot of money. Um, yeah. <laughs> You know, and I think the 911T really... Are we talking yellow, yellow? Yeah, I thought, yeah, yellow, orange, bright green, those sort of colors. Orange, um, yeah. yeah, a bright color in the 911T. Um, 73 and a half model. I think they work well together. I did think about alongside a 912, it would be good to have the 
comparable 9-11, but maybe that's a little bit silly, like a 60, maybe a 65 9-11, which are very expensive as we know, maybe a 65 9-11. Um, but then I thought, no, I think the 9-12 fills that void. I think that 9-12 fills that gap. And then I would go, then I've got everything modern. But I do have to say that I really do, I've never been a big 356 fan. I've never been a fan, really. I I like how they look, but it, it's never been a car I thought was for me. Um, but having spoken to Mark from Mark and Cars, having just spoken to uh, PJ, who's coming up, PJ's coming up in a couple of weeks. Oh, it's PJ next week. PJ's coming up, who's got a 356A, and then speaking to Todd at Stone City Outlaw, who's also mm. got a 356A. I do like the 356A, and I really do like the Rod Emery 356s. I do like the Outlaw versions. So I guess I'm going to change this uh, choice that I had originally, which was a 991.2 GT2 RS. I'm going to get rid of that, and I'm going to buy a 356, and I'm going to get one from Rod Emery. I'm going to get an Outlaw version done from Rod Emery. I'm going to get something special. I think that's that's really good. Oh. See, I thought you would have put Singer on your list as a car. I thought you would have been would have had a Singer in there. I'm surprised. No, do you know, I'm going to confess something now. People are going to just shoot me down for it. But I think singers are a little bit wanky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Only because I, I love singers. I love the way they look. I love the engineering that's gone into them, The how, how they're so individually bespoke to the point that it's it's, you know, completely different. And if you look under the skin, there's so much engineering that's going yeah, into it so much from there. what yeah. it was. But um, but then I saw a couple of videos on YouTube about some of the people who are buying them and some of the people who are engineering and designing them. And a lot of it was just so anal that I thought, oh, come on. Oh, and, you know, when someone's saying, oh, look at this carpet weave and you can only get this and and blind virgins in Peru weaved it together. Yeah, and yeah true. <laughs> it was that kind of thing. And, and it kind of put me off because before that, I probably would have said singer. I mean, it's a Porsche or is it? You know what I mean? Like when does it stop becoming a Porsche because it's changed so much? It is a Porsche because the shape is Porsche. Mm. But you know what I mean? You can get into that argument as well. I think the singer... The Singer thing, if you really want to be sold on the Singer thing, there's an old video on Petrolicious on YouTube and I forget which name of the car it is. You know how they name the cars after the states? Yes. There's a guy that has a blue one. I don't know whether you've seen it and he drives it and he drives it hard and the stones are all flying on it. He drives it on the roads and it's a really, really good episode and that's how you enjoy a Singer. And you enjoy a Singer when you have so much money, you can't, you don't give an F of what's going to happen to it. You don't care about stone chips. You just drive it. And I think the problem with singers, <clears throat> excuse me, the problem with singers is people buy them and they lock them away and they keep them and they don't really use them how they should be used. And you watch that video of that guy, and I don't know if the listeners have watched that video, but it's a fantastic video, um, and he just drives it to the max. And I can't remember what it was called. I think it's called, not Minneapolis. It's a blue singer and... The guy is really, you know, really, really interesting. Actually, it's a really good, it's a really good video. I'll find the link and I'll send it to you, and I might put it in the link of this podcast so other people can see it because it's a, it's a well worth watching. Actually, I haven't finished my list. I'm only up to number three. Number three was a Rod Emery. See, my 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 dollar value is getting very high here. And then, you know, if you're into Porsche and you really love Porsche and you have a lot of money, I think you have to buy a Carrera GT. Mm, and I consider yes. it a classic. 
See, I don't consider that it's a cl- very classic Porsche now when you think about it. You know, F1 derived engine, you know, that was when that was when it went back to when Porsche were going to go in the F1. That's why that engine was developed for, I think, from memory. Um, Carrera GT is just aged so well. It went out of favor with people. People didn't like it for a bit there. The prices went down. You know, they're so expensive now. Get a black one with that, um, what's it called? Ascot. I think it's called Ascot Brown Interior. I think like TGE has that Ascot Brown, that really weird brown, which works. Get a black one or get a GT Silver one, you know, done. You know what I mean? It really is a fantastic, fantastic car. And you watch Jay Leno's video, which I've mentioned before on an earlier episode of the podcast, and Steve saw it. I don't know whether you've seen it, Ashmal. Um, and Jay Leno drives his, and the sound of that Carrera GT is just amazing. It really is an amazing piece of machinery. It is. I just, is it money no object? Money, you have to wait up money no object. And I want to be able to any one of my cars, I want to be able to drive anywhere. I think I you could. Drive down the shop. I think you could. If money's no object, you could. Uh, because you wouldn't be worried yeah. about it. And it's and the experience from it, you know, it really is, a, you know, not driving around London, of course, but, you know, it's a great driving car. You can see it when people, when you see it being driven, it's a great driving car. Yeah, that, that's true. And, you know, if you do watch channels like TG and, you know, they, and they drive the kind of cars that we dream of in our, on our dream list, you know, they probably had all of them and they were able to use them and enjoy them. Um, and enjoy them. I think they can enjoy them probably better than I could right now because there's there's less anxiety. They and, and they look at it slightly more as a disposable thing because they can enjoy it in a short burst and then get rid of it and show the world that that's yeah. how a car should true, be enjoyed. True. But um, but the but the GT the GTs. I think for me it's a bit extreme. Is that? Am I saying that right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm articulating that right. Yeah. But yeah, it's a bit it's a bit extreme, which is why I wouldn't have a GT3. I wouldn't have an RS car. I wouldn't have any one of those. Right, right. What about a Touring? Um, because, you wouldn't get a GT3 Touring? No wing? Uh, I'd, I'd have to try it. I don't know how harsh it is. I don't know how. Is yeah. it just too powerful to enjoy? Would I just, every time I put my foot down, go, I can't. You know, it's a white knuckle ride and you're staring at the road thinking the horizon's coming at me too fast. See, for my last one, for and this is not in any order. I'm not doing these in, you know, number one to five. They're just top five. It's not the number one. I tossed up between two cars and two cars that I like and two cars which people say are almost the same, but they're not. The 911R and the GT3 Touring. Um, and I know a lot of people are going to listen to these top five that I've said and said, but Michael, where's the, GT- where's the GT3? You haven't picked the GT3. Where's the GT3 RS? Um, yeah, I haven't, I haven't put it in. And it is a bit weird, but I think, you know, the 911R is the one, other one that I chose. And yes, it's expensive. And yes, it's rare. And that's what I like about it, that it's rare, not that it's expensive. But I think, you know, the fact that it is so understated, I think that car is, you know, the 911R is just, it is like the Touring, but it's much better than the Touring by all reports, if you've driven one. Um, And I think that would be the choice. And I think out of all of them, I think the 911R and the 912 will be the two that would be the most enjoyable. Oh, that's interesting. I, I thought you would have more newer cars on there. You've More got, newer, newer got, cars? Yeah. 
and, and going with some of the older ones, I, I knew you'd still still have a nine twelve on there. But um, this is money, no object. This that's is a good money, selection. Yeah, this yeah. is money, no object. You know what I mean? Like if I'm talking about what would I like to have now, 997.1 GT3 and a 912. So that, yep. you know, because that I can see is achievable. <laughs> you know, that's an achievable thing. <laughs> yes. I don't know, but then I left the GT3 off when you get, you know, money's no object. You kind of like think, well, I can get something better. And I think the 911R to me is is better. You know what I mean? It's better. It's more suited to me and it's better. What do you think about the ever-increasing size of 911s? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I keep, you know, I'm really torn with that new GT3, I have to say. I saw another image the other day on YouTube and I really, someone to take a picture, a picture of one that they spotted in Switzerland or something and it was the side of the wing and it really looked unresolved. I don't know. I thought at first it would look like it was clean and it looked it looked okay, but mm -hmm. I'm starting to think I don't like that wing. I really am starting to like think I don't like the wing, and I think that there's going to be other people that think that. And I think that the 0.2991 GT3 prices are going to stay really quite solid because I think a lot of people are going to try and find a manual one of those, um, and it's going to be a I hate to say it a better option. I think it's just the way that. And a lot of it is to do with German design, I think, because I can apply it to a lot of different German cars. And they can be quite polarizing when they first come along. But is it going to be one of those that's going to grow on you? Maybe. And it takes a while. And, and the ones that grow on you are the ones that you like for longer. Because yeah. it's the one that you instantly look at and you go, you, I can get bored with that because it looks fantastic and it gives me that hit straight away. But the one that grows on you because you find more nuances in its design as the more and more you look at it yeah. that eventually you go actually there's more to that than i thought um but i'm not a fan of gt3s i, I just yeah. think they're race cars yeah yeah and it um, has become more of a race car though i mean james said that too yes. when we had a conversation and he you know it has become more of a race car maybe the touring is going to be the better one maybe the touring is what's going to be the the killer out of the 992 GT3 range. Maybe that's going to be the one most people are going to buy this time around and not the not the wing version. There is that. And all, just digressing slightly, but um, when new models are launched and Porsche announced that, oh, it's only going to be PDK, it's only going to be whatever it might be, um, I don't know why they do that because as soon as they're a few years old, um, there's the hunt on for... The, the very few manual ones that were yeah, released. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know why they don't just say, do you know what, we're making both and you can choose which one you want. Yeah. It's, yeah. Because um, I've been to the dealership and I've just said, have you got a naturally aspirated 911? And this was two years ago. And the guy said to me, I haven't seen one of those in three years. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and you and you're the, you're the UK headquarters of Porsche. Really? Can you not have seen one? <laughs> yeah. Um because that's down the road from me. So oh, okay. Well, that's good. That's yeah, handy. I don't I don't know. Temptation, temptation. Uh I don't know. It's it's um yeah, not when I go and park my crusty nine nine six <laughs> take, <laughs> take your nine twelve there, they'll probably say, Can we put it on display in the showroom? That's what they do at these places, right? They want to put it on, <laughs> on display. Unlikely <laughs> on that one, but uh, who knows when I've got my roof rack on exactly. and the white stance exactly. and the side decals. Yeah. It could be it. You 
get that roof get that roof rack from carbone that's a great roof rack i like that roof rack with the wood uh not the carbone i've seen one uh it's somewhere else uh i can't remember what it's called (laughs) the italian one i've got the link uh no it's from somewhere like I think it might be in Korea or somewhere like that. You know you're going to go. You know you're going to go slower, right? Because it's going to be all that extra weight. <laughs> yes, yes. I know the steel, it's, the steel it, roof rack. Yeah, but I don't know if I'm ever going to go, be going fast enough for aerodynamics yeah. to affect yeah. my speed. No, I think it's great. I think it's great how you got um, the nine twelve. I'm envious of you. I'm envious of Nick. You know, I don't know. I just want one. I just want something. I think we're we're. Were extremes, me and Nick. So Nick did so much research into his, and he was so uh, detailed in how, yeah. which is why he's got the one he's got. Um, and I was more, oh, that one's nearby. I love that one. <laughs> um, which, <That's> a, <laughs> which probably isn't the right way to do it. Yeah. So if you're looking for a Porsche, if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, just buy the closest one to where you live, and that's what you do. Yes. <laughs> All right, and, I think, and, and you know, you just make a choice, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but you both, you know, I don't know. You both have a nine twelve. You know what I mean? I don't think it's yes. Yeah, that, that, at the end of the day, that's what's important. I think you both have a nine twelve. You know what I mean? You've saved, no, you've saved nothing. a nine twelve. You know what I mean? You're people who appreciate it. You want to enjoy it. You want to, you know, keep it. And you've saved a nine twelve. You've got the enjoyment. It's yours. It's great. I think it's a good thing. And if I was, yeah, and if I was to give anybody any advice, which I'm not the right person to ask for any advice, um, I would say do what Nick did. Yeah, I Nick was very thorough. Very and he, he, yeah. yeah, and the car he found was a, you know, it was a unicorn. We call it a unicorn. I don't know if it's a unicorn, but it was a good find, that's for sure. Ajmal, I think we have to yep. end it. What else do you want to say to the listeners before we go? I, I want to say that you should go to Ajmal's uh, YouTube channel, Flat Cap Driver. When you do flat cap driver search, so be careful because you get some other bus dri- bus driver guy when the search. Someone someone else comes up. There's some weird. I should have checked that. Yeah, you got to check it. I don't know whether you can get it in your HTML. You know, you, in YouTube, you can change it so your name shows up. I don't know if someone has it. You should. Um, I don't know how many followers you need for that, I, I, but you can I, actually use that. Uh, you can actually get that in your uh, channel if you try. But I think it might be a certain amount know. of followers. It, it is the first one that comes up. The flat cab bus driver. Yeah, flat bus driver. That's oh my, yeah, he <laughs> comes up quite far down, but he has ten and a half thousand subscribers. Oh, there you go. There you go. I don't know what's going on. YouTube's a crazy place. Um, yeah, but follow Ajmal on YouTube. Follow him on Instagram. Ajmal, I really appreciate for you uh, coming again and sitting in. I know it's uh, at a weird time there. Um, thank you, mate. No, I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, it's been it's been really good to catch up and uh, to indulge my passion of all things cars. Yeah, no, it's been good. It's been good. Um, and you know, Steve will come back soon. But uh, in the meantime, um, I've asked Ajmal to join me uh, if he's free for the next couple of episodes. Hopefully, we'll have enough to chat about. I think, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Yep. Um, just for the next for the next couple of episodes, and hopefully, when Steve comes back, we maybe we might even have a a three roundtable uh, conversation. Um, all right, mate. Thank you so much. And uh, I didn't even swear this time. Yeah, I know. I meant to say fuck. I didn't even swear this time. I knew you were going to do that. (laughs) You and Steve, you always do it. 
I'm going to get flagged. I'm going to get flagged by Apple. All right, Ajmal, thank you so much. I won't do it it again. All right, mate. I'll see you soon. Talk soon. Yep. Great to chat. All right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, This is the Porsche School Podcast. My name is Michael Barth. That was Ajmal, flat cap driver. Like I said, make sure you give him a follow and we'll talk again soon. Bye for now.